In the name of the one who sends forth the divine word, dear fellow redeemed. So all this week, the lessons and the hymns that you're going to hear in chapel, they're going to reflect Jesus' parable, the one we call the parable of the four fields or the parable of the sower. It was the gospel lesson for many of us yesterday. And when you look at the reference for this parable in St. Luke, you see something that is very odd. And that is, the lesson starts at verse 4. And this is highly unusual in the Gospels because the chapter divisions in the Gospels tend to make sense. They tend to occur at times when there is a change in theme or something new happens or there's some new topic. In fact, this is one of the very, very few lessons in the whole pericope that does this. They tend to start at verse 1. When they don't start at verse 1, it's because something clearly different has happened, which should really make you wonder about those first three verses. Why aren't they part of the parable? And they're printed for you there. They read, Now it came to pass afterward that Jesus went through every city and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others, really it's many other women, who provided for him from their substance. When you hear those first three verses, it's easy to understand why they were passed over when it came to reading the lesson in church. They seem to provide little more than an interesting insight into the life of Jesus, telling about some women who followed him and helped to provide for him. But the Holy Spirit is anything but chatty. He doesn't include idle words in the Holy Gospels, which means he includes this anecdote for a reason. If nothing else, these verses give us a context for the parable that Jesus is about to tell. St. Luke informs us about these women, and then we hear Jesus tell that parable, the parable of the four fields. And then immediately after that one is another parable about how no one lights a lamp and then hides it under a basket. And this gives us even more context and tells us even more what St. Luke wished to communicate here. He is especially wanting to communicate to us this teaching that we call the efficacy or really the effectiveness of God's word. That the word of God, when it goes out from God's mouth, it does not return empty, but achieves the purpose for which he sent it. The women in these first three verses are examples of this. By his word, Jesus had brought healing to them, healing from evil spirits and diseases. But more impressive, more importantly, is that the word of God had worked faith in these women who were among the last people that we would expect to be followers of Jesus. 
women who had been possessed by evil spirits, women who had served in Herod's court, a place that was not known for its morality. The The seed of God's word had fallen into the hearts of these women, had worked faith in Jesus as the Son of God to the point where they were moved to actually follow Jesus and make sure that his needs were provided for. And they're using, Luke says, their own substance. They're using their own wealth and resources to do this. Here was the seed of God's word falling upon soil, growing up despite cares and trials and persevering to produce a crop. It's an example of a light not hidden under a bushel. Which makes hearing about these women a great comfort for us. Because like these women, we know what it's like to live in an environment, in a world that is not often friendly to the word of God. Worse, we know how we at times have not received the word of God the way those women did, of the times when we have worked to resist or hinder the effect of God's word on us that would have on our lives. There have been those times when we have decided our faith is doing just fine on its own. It does not need any attention. And so we don't hear God's word or receive his sacrament as regularly as we should. Our faith begins to wither for lack of depth or moisture. The time when we have allowed our faith to be hindered and choked by life's riches, worries, and pleasures. The times when our fear hindered our faith, not wanting to risk ridicule, not wanting to risk poverty, the fear of that we're going to miss out on some pleasure in life if we get too involved in our, with our faith, even if that pleasure is just as small as sleeping a little bit later on Sunday. Or how our anger has hindered our faith, not wanting to let go of our anger, worried that if we take this Jesus stuff too seriously, we might actually have to forgive others for the sins they have committed against us we want to hold on to our grudges because that just feels so much more pleasing to us. And our service has not been as exemplary as those women's. But if that is you, dear Christian, then you can take comfort in this lesson as well because that's why it's here. This lesson is there to comfort you. Because we know that these women highlighted before Jesus' parable are highlighted as an example that just as God's word changed them, changed their lives, just as it brought them forgiveness, freedom from their guilt for what they had done, that's what it does for you too. Jesus speaks to you as well. Jesus brings to you the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. So that that very same gospel that worked repentance and made saints out of those sinners, Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Susanna, now makes a saint out of you. Jesus now sanctifies all of your service. Your work 
is now just as pleasing to God as theirs because it's the fruit born out of a living faith. Just as parents eagerly accept any token of their child's love for them, no matter how bad the drawing or how um, broken the flowers, God, your Father, looks upon your work with joy. He looks upon your service with great joy because it's a fruit of your faith. No matter how small or insignificant it might seem to you, it is pleasing to Jesus. Three chapters from our lesson in St. Luke, Luke's going to record another sermon by Jesus, and he's going to introduce us to another woman because Luke likes to tell about the lives of the women in Jesus' life. The The sermon ends when he says, a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to Jesus, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts which nursed you. But he said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. And that's what Jesus would say to you with these women as well. He wants you to be blessed in hearing his word. He wants you to keep it. He wants you to treasure it, to hold on to it. Or as Jesus will say in his parable, he wants you to retain it. He wants you to do this so that it takes root in your heart and it produces that crop that springs up to eternal life. That you might see the results of your service, your sanctified service to Jesus in heaven. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be forevermore. Amen. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that through your Son, Jesus, you have sown your holy word among us. We pray that you will prepare our hearts by your Holy Spirit, that we may diligently and reverently hear your word, keep it in good hearts, and bring forth fruit with patience that we may not incline to sin, but subdue it by your power, and in all persecutions, comfort ourselves with your grace and continual help. Amen.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning, everyone. Each academic year at this time, we pause to recognize those faculty and staff who are observing milestone anniversaries in service to Bethany Lutheran College and Seminary. It is my privilege and honor to do so this morning. And as we do, I also want to give a special welcome to family and friends who are here this morning for this special event. Being an employee at Bethany is much more than a job. Whether faculty or staff, serving at Bethany is a calling, a calling into a vocation by God himself. Thus, those who serve at Bethany are not only skilled in what they do, but are uniquely faithful to their vocation and dedicated in service to the Lord and to Bethany, whose purposes are fulfilled in the biblical account of the two sisters in the town of Bethany. To engage students with the saving knowledge of Jesus and to prepare them for productive and fulfilling lives in their homes, churches, workplaces, and communities. This morning, we recognize 18 individuals who are observing milestone anniversaries this year of 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, and 40 years of service to Bethany. Their service cumulatively adds up to 415 years. We thank Jesus for their God-given gifts and their service to the college and seminary. On behalf of the entire faculty and staff at Bethany, I'm confident to state that we as colleagues are honored to serve beside them. One at a time, I'm going to read the name of each, indicating their area and years of service. This morning, I'm assisted by the chairman of the Board of Regents, the Reverend Mark Bartels, who will share with each our congratulations, a certificate, and an honorarium. I ask that we hold our applause until all have been recognized. Sarah Trailer, Director of Nursing, 10 years of service. Dan Gertz, Spirit Store Manager, 15 years of service. Will Holt, Housekeeping Technician, 15 years of service. Alyssa Inniger, Director, Library, of Sur Library Services, 15 years of service. Estelle Flieger, Director, Admissions, 20 years of service. Joni Bodie, Data Specialist, Advancement, 25 years of service. John Geisfeld, Accounts Payable Clerk, 25 years of service. Lars Johnson, Professor English, 25 years of service. Lisa Schubert, Manager of Administrative Computing and Institutional Reporting, 25 years of service.
Jeff Young, Director, Financial Aid, 25 years of service. Mike Fletcher, Maintenance, maintenance Technician, Superintendent of Buildings, 30 years of service. Dan Johnson, Head Groundskeeper, 30 years of service. Andy Overn, Professor, Graphic Design, Media Arts, Studio Art, 30 years of service. Brian Strong, Head of Housekeeping, 30 years of service. Art Westfall, Senior Development Officer, Advancement, 40 years of service. That's a long time. I also wish to recognize three individuals that were not able to be here this morning. Terry Fries, Spirit Store Clerk, 10 years of service. Matt Custer, Professor, Exercise Science, 25 years of service. And Elsa Firkenstad, Executive Assistant, Bethany Lutheran Theological Seminary, 20 years of service. Let's thank Jesus for these individuals. Thank you.